a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes in radio. As we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And uh, we're going to do that in a number of ways. We're going to hit some uh, local things as we come down the home stretch on uh, Utah's legislative session up on Utah's Capitol Hill. Jay Evenson from Deseret News will join us coming up at 1120 to discuss uh, where we are as it relates to the legislative session as we uh, come down to uh, Friday uh, closeout. And if there's anything uh, waiting in the wings or uh, any surprises coming down the home stretch there, uh, we'll also look to Washington, D.C. and uh, what's happening back there. We've got hearings going on right now. FBI Director uh, Ray is currently testifying in front of the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee relating to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And uh, we'll dip in and out of that a little bit, uh, break that down in terms of what kinds of conversations are actually taking place there how that all plays in. Uh, we're going to look back a little bit as we look at the uh, past year as it relates to the pandemic. And uh, we'll really do it inside the newsroom uh, with Doug Wilkes, uh, editor of the Deseret News, uh, talking about where we've been, where we are, and what comes next as it relates to that. And then we'll round out the day today talking about the power of story and our longing for belonging uh, and why that's such a uh, critical thing to us humans Uh, here on planet earth so we'll do that coming up at 11:50. as always i want uh, you to help us elevate the conversation you can do that on the utah community credit union ksl text line at 57500 again 57500 utah community credit union ksl text line help us elevate the conversation today and so let's begin in our nation's capital Uh, as i mentioned uh, fbi director christopher ray uh, has been uh, on the, in the witness chair there in the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, for the last uh, hour and a half-ish, and uh, fielding questions from both Democrats and Republicans as it relates to the attacks on the Capitol on January 6th, how they were going about that. Uh, many have criticized the FBI for not doing enough as it relates to domestic terrorism. Uh, the FBI Director Ray uh, pushed back on that, saying this. The FBI is committed to seeing this through, no matter how many people it takes or how long or the resources we need to get it done. Because as citizens, in a sense, we're all victims of the January 6th assault, and the American people deserve nothing less. Unfortunately, January 6th was not an isolated event. 
The problem of domestic terrorism has been metastasizing across the country for a long time now, and it's not going away anytime soon. At the FBI, we've been sounding the alarm on it for a number of years now. Uh, so, again, uh, uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray talking about uh, the push that the FBI has had for a number of years now as it relates to domestic terrorism. And a lot of those are, are very tricky things. Uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee, uh, part of the Judiciary Committee, uh, his line of questioning was uh, around many of the ways that the FBI uses to track American citizens, uh, in particular the use of the FISA courts and uh, the way that they can uh, tap into and monitor uh, American citizens and where the boundaries are. Uh, and, of course, it's, a, it's an interesting and fine line, I think, that we have to always look at in terms of, of privacy rights uh, and national security interests. And we need to make sure that we remember that those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, many in these hearings are, are kind of making these false choices of we either need to have a a speech police uh, out there monitoring everything that is said by every American and on every platform, on every digital device, uh, to those uh, who want us to, to not look at anything. Uh, and so there are, there are some real questions and some real debates to be had, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll get to those kinds of questions. How do we empower law enforcement with the right things? How do we make sure that uh, freedom of speech is protected, that individual rights uh, are also protected, and individual data is also protected. Remember, some of these uh, uh, big scoops of the metadata uh, really does allow uh, individuals, and there are good actors and bad actors in every organization, including the United States government, uh, and we have to be careful that those don't get weaponized for political purposes, for partisan purposes, uh, for business purposes. Uh, so there's uh, many things to, to keep watching and uh, assessing as we go through that. The other big issue, of course, on uh, Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., uh, is the uh, coming of the $1.9 trillion uh, relief package uh, from the pandemic uh, coming over to the Senate side, and uh, things are ramping up there. Uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer uh, kind of laid the table in terms of what he expects uh, in the coming days. I expect a hearty debate and some late nights, but the American people sent us here with a job to do to help the country through this moment of extraordinary challenge. To paraphrase Franklin Roosevelt, we must do the first things first. Last week, the legislation passed in the House of Representatives. This week, the Senate will take up the measure. So that's, uh, again, uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, weighing in, saying, hey, we are going to have some hearty debate and some late nights. I, th- I think it's going to be more speechifying than debates. Uh, they will have some late nights, I'm sure, as part of this. They will have to do uh, what we used to always call a voterama, where they will allow uh, different amendments to be done. But they'll do it all in one night, all in the middle of the night. Nothing will really pass uh, or change, and then they'll they'll move it forward, which is why the minority leader, Mitch McConnell, uh, criticized what was about to take place, saying this. Democrats have chosen to go a completely partisan route. Even famous liberal economists and liberal editorial boards are saying their half-baked plan poorly targeted to what families need. And so there's the, the, the big challenge, I think, in the criticism coming from the Republicans is uh, that they're saying that what this $1.9 trillion is is a uh, a whole lot of giveaways, a whole lot of pork, and a little bit of relief for the American people in the middle. 
uh, and uh, really breaking those things apart is what he's calling for. One of those uh, senators that it will always be in the conversation because uh, of where she sits and where she stands is Susan Collins, a uh, Republican from Maine. And uh, she's one of those more moderate Republicans, uh, often a swing voter on a lot of these kinds of issues. And it was interesting to get her take today uh, in terms of what Senator Schumer had laid out and her disagreement with where the bill's headed. I don't understand um, how the White House can describe a bill that passed the House without a single Republican vote as being bipartisan. It's up to Chuck Schumer and the White House whether they are interested in trying to gain some Republican support or or not. So again, that's uh, Senator Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, uh, often one of those who's in a lot of those bipartisan conversations, those negotiations. Uh, She was critical of the bill, uh, critical of the White House and Senator Schumer, uh, that this uh, all the the calls for unity uh, sort of get lost in a bill that didn't have a single Republican vote in the House is not likely to get uh, any in the Senate either. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor and watch that and see. And again, I'm just uh, stealing for what is coming. Uh, a lot of fake fights. There will be a false choice of an all or nothing decision, uh, a vote that will likely be cast somewhere between 3.30 and 4 o'clock a.m. when no one's really watching, uh, and uh, this will probably get done and get to the president's desk. Uh, Important parts of it, for sure, to help to uh, Americans who are in need, definitely. To some some help for some small business, definitely. And beyond that, there's a lot of giveaways uh, and a lot of pork uh, that should be cut out and uh, readdressed at another another point. So that's what's happening in our nation's capital. Up on Utah's Capitol Hill, Uh, An important development yesterday, late in the day yesterday, the bill that was passed by the House to begin the process of changing the name of Dixie State University actually cleared a Senate committee. Uh, So it will go to the uh, to the Senate. Uh, Hopefully that will be debated. And uh, they did make some changes to the bill. The bill uh, no longer says that the name uh, cannot include the word Dixie. Uh, that is now a possibility of an as an outcome of the process that will begin. Uh, so we'll continue to break that down uh, with much more on what's happening in the closing days uh, up on Utah's Capitol Hill. But this is an important development. I think this conversation about the name of Dixie State University uh, has been mismanaged uh, on Utah's Capitol Hill. A lot of special interest groups uh, controlling things. And now it's very late in the game, but I'm still hopeful that will move through so that the process can begin, so that the community in southern Utah and St. George in particular can have that conversation uh, and talk about the future of a university that is growing and is extending its influence well beyond uh, the southern portion of the state of Utah. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jay Evenson is going to join us. We'll look at the final days of what's happening in the Utah legislature up on Utah's Capitol Hill. Coming up on KSL News Radio. Stick with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.